So it seems gratitude doesn't come easily for some people. <laughs> Thankfully, teachers both ancient and modern have reflected deeply on how to live with more gratitude and developed practices that can help you and me in that quest. For example, the Vietnamese Zen Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh teaches a mindfulness practice that goes something like this. Think for a moment about the gatherings and meals many of us will probably enjoy on Thanksgiving Day. The feelings of appreciation we have and the expressions of thanks we give will surely be heartfelt. But this practice also asks us to consider additional levels of gratitude. For instance, are we thankful for the effort people make to be there with us? Are we thankful for the producers of the vehicles that bring them? For those who built the roads and developed the traffic laws that allow everyone to a decent chance of arriving in one piece? If someone flies in to join us, are we thankful for the airline employees and air traffic controllers who bring them to us safely? Are we thankful for the inventors of the jet engine? You see where this goes. And concerning the food on our tables, we'll likely thank the cooks, but will we pause to truly consider that the things that provide us with pleasure and nourishment were once living things? Will we also remember that before our food could be prepared, it required the energy of the sun and the minerals and water of the earth to grow and the efforts of farmers, truckers, and retailers to make it available to us? Are we thankful for those who brought us the power to heat our ovens and warm our homes? Will we recall with gratitude whoever taught us to cook without slicing up our fingers or scalding ourselves? Again, you get the idea. So what's this all about? Well, in a word, awakening. Awakening to a truer view of reality. Because what typically happens through such mindfulness is a falling away of egocentric illusion and distortion. The delusion of self-sufficiency dissolves, and we see how dependent and interdependent we really are on the earth and our fellow creatures, on other people, many now long past, and on the legacies of creativity and teaching they left to us. The effect is usually the blossoming of profound appreciation for all that we have received. So this Thanksgiving season, I encourage you to take a little time to meditate on this great chain of blessing. For one thing, because it's good for us. Recall that in our reading, Frida Jacques from the Onondaga Nation School said one effect of the Haudenosaunee Thanksgiving address is that it reminds you that you have enough, more than enough. When we do this every day, it leads us to an outlook of contentment. A growing body of scientific studies backs up this statement, linking the cultivation of gratitude with better health, sounder sleep, less anxiety and depression, and greater long-term life satisfaction. And even when a difficult life event or chronic stressors make it harder to find such appreciation, part of healing and empowerment comes from what we bring to such experiences, how we've prepared our spirits. 
And if we enter suffering with an awakened awareness of the larger connections that have nourished us and still do every day, we're likely to be more resilient, more hopeful, more able to ride out that tough wave. Gratefulness is also good for others because it's been shown that developing an attitude of gratitude often results in more frequent acts of kindness and generosity with people eager to pay forward some of the free gifts they now realize they've received from their forebears and from the universe. So since the benefits are manifold, let's continue or consider a few other ways to fill our thanks tanks. Researchers Robert Emmons and Michael McCullough offer a simple but effective one. In a study, they had people keep a journal listing five things for which they felt thankful. These entries were intentionally brief, just a sentence for each one. And this was done only once a week. Only once a week. But after two months, compared with a control group, the people who kept the gratitude journal were more optimistic and felt happier. They also fell asleep quicker, slept longer, and awoke feeling more rested. This caused Dr. Emmons to advise, quote, if you want to sleep more soundly, count blessings, not sheep. Again, just once a week, list five things you're grateful for. If I did this today, concerning Thanksgiving itself, my first entry would be gratefulness for all those who are working to correct inaccurate and too often intentionally whitewashed historical narratives, underscore white. Beyond that, because gratitude is so important, here are a few other practices specific to the holiday. And since one of the beautiful things about Unitarian Universalism is that you use realized wisdom can come from anywhere, I'm not embarrassed to say these were taken from a mailer I got in LA from the Ralph's grocery store chain. And I really hope you'll try at least one or more this coming week. So, from the book of Ralph. <laughs> Number one, pay it forward. If we host a gathering, we can invite guests to bring food pantry donations so that we're not only receiving the gift of food, but are passing that gift on to others. Number two, create appreciation awards. Provide arts and crafts materials prior to dinner and have people make fun awards certificates. Then during or after the meal, take turns giving the awards and appreciative words to others. Number three, cover the table with thanks. I like them all, but this is my favorite. Cover the dining table with butcher paper or the like and provide crayons or markers, maybe some gold stars or other stickers, etc. Then before and or during dinner, invite people to write and or draw what they're thankful for. Then while the meal is winding down or maybe after clearing the dishes, take a few minutes and consider it together. Go around the table and see what people have created. You can maybe take some pictures of people's handiwork and send those to distant friends and relatives and tell them you're grateful for them too. And finally, one more option the book of Ralph doesn't mention, though maybe the Revised Standard Version now does, <laughs> and requires little or no uh, preparation. At some point, turn the lights low and form a circle. Join hands if you like, and have each person state simply what they're grateful for. 
After each person shares, you could light a candle or drop a stone in water or ring a chime, but you don't have to. And, and or those gathered could echo words of affirmation. For instance, we're thankful for your presence here. UU minister Reverend Victoria Safford wrote a short piece describing a loosely related version of this that her family does on many evenings. You could do something like it on Thanksgiving or anytime. It's from her book of short reflections called Walking Toward Morning. This one, abridged by me, is entitled Table Blessing. At our house, the table grace we do does not look like religion. It looks like a hungry, tattered family at the end of a tattered day, sometimes at the end of its rope. We scramble to find the matches to clear and set the table, to dislodge the cats and scrape our chairs into place. We light the candles, reach for each other's hands, close our eyes, and sit in silence for as long as the youngest, youngest among us can stand it, which is generally up to as high as she can count. Then on most nights, we sing something. Dona nobis pacem, jubilate Deo, shalom, the Mozart alleluia, the wheels on the bus go round and round. We try to be serious, but really, it does not matter what we sing. We are in a self-imposed timeout. The smell of the food becomes real. The sound of our breath and the feel of our damp hands, still sticky, these are real. We are home. We have food. We recall that many don't. And sometimes someone says this in a blessing. And where we have been in the day, and where we may go that night or tomorrow, fades away for a time. And we are infused. And time is infused. And something wells up. Something like gratitude wells up, overflowing, nigh unto overwhelming. The whole thing lasts from cradle to a candle to song about two minutes, but the echo, the wake of it, lasts longer. We are trying to be aware. We are trying to slow down. We are trying to remember our true and real life. We are trying to remember what we love and what to do and how to be ourselves good gifts. A simple yet extremely powerful ritual. Because gratitude in softening our ego boundaries by connecting us to things far beyond ourselves in space and time is a powerful thing. So powerful that the, that the ancient Roman philosopher Cicero declared that gratitude is not only the greatest of virtues, but the parent of all others. So powerful that many centuries later, medieval mystic and theologian Meister Eckhart said, if the only prayer you say in your entire life is thank you, that would suffice. So powerful that as we heard in the Onondaga language, the Haudenosaunee Thanksgiving Address is known as 
the words that come before all else. And giving this great chain of blessing just a little mindful focus, remembering our true and real life, can turn a secular holiday into a sacred holy day. So with that intention, and because regularly giving thanks provides a cornucopia of benefits for all concerned, make it a grateful week and month and life. Namaste, blessed be, and amen.